Hello, and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am your anchor host, Deb Bowen, and my guests for this week's episode are lovely Sherry Purbeck and lovely Dale Rutman. And we're going to be talking about past lives and parallel lives and alternate dimensions and all sorts of interesting things. But before we get into today's topic, um, I want to explain to you folks why this um, podcast has been so spotty in the way that, that we're coming to you. As, you. as you probably know, if you've been a regular listener to Devon Friends Quest for Connection, for a long time we were very consistent every week. We aired a new episode starting on Tuesday nights, and then uh, that fell apart. And that fell apart for a variety of reasons. It fell apart partly because I, as the anchor host, uh, had some health things going on that needed to be addressed. And then we had uh, a gigantic hurricane that um, was devastating for many of us. Some of our team members uh, now, more than a month later, are still displaced and will probably not be in their homes for a long time to come. Um, some folks left the state and went to other places. Sherry, for example, did that. Um, and so we, um, we've had a long time. The recovery is so not yet over. As I am recording this podcast episode uh, today, I look out across the street and see all of the insulation on the side of the road from my neighbor's house. And my next-door neighbor's refrigerator is sitting in the road. and uh, So it's, uh, it's going to take us a long time to, to recover from, uh, from this situation. But we're trying very hard to get to what we're thinking of as a new normal. And I'm so in hopes that that new normal will bring us back to a place of a regular, consistent podcast episode coming to you every week. So thank you kindly for your patience. We're honored and delighted that you're hanging in here with us. And Sherry and Dale, thank you so much for being with me today as we talk about this fascinating topic. I'm so happy you're here. I feel you're honored. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Gals. So one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode and have this conversation with the two of you was because um, this past weekend I uh, spent Saturday doing uh, brief tarot readings at a local community fair. And over and over and over again uh, during the course of the day, I met with people who... Uh, my guides told me and the cards told me, had made vows of poverty in past lives that they needed to release in this lifetime in order to be able to have joyous and wonderful abundance come into their lives and to shift their mindsets in, in this lifetime. So a part of, part of my reason for this show was to examine the notion of how past lives influence who we are today and how we can uh, work with that influence or shift away from it, depending on what we, we need to do. So that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. And then Dale has some additional things she wants to share, and, and so does Sherry. So if I could just pick your brains for just a minute on, um, on the question that I've just posed, and then we can move into um, Dale and Sherry's 
perspectives on all of this. What what do you gals uh, think about the idea of vows of whatever or commitments that we make, contracts that we have in past lives and, and what that does with us in our lifetime in this dimension today? Dale, can I start with you? Yes. Um, well, we all come into this life with cellular memory. And sometimes, even though before we get here, we rewrite our contracts and we may leave some things out, even if we got it, you know, in the last life, we may inadvertently, that's a very strong word, but bring that into this life through our cellular memory. So if we can always change our contract. Uh, if we want to, and there's some things we write in our contract we may never fulfill simply because sometimes we write too much. But um, if we, for example, bring something into this life like the vow of poverty um, and we're aware of it, we can do many things to change it. Um, And one thing we can do is to just constantly be aware of it so that we make choices that go against it. We um, make sure that we, you know, we we seek out a job. If there's a certain job we want, we get the uh, skill set to do it. We make sure that we make choices for ourselves that enable us to uh, be a little more um, prosperous. But one of the things we can do is you can go... um, to a hypnotherapist and have them hypnotize you and remove that. You can get into a deep meditation with the intent that that be complete and removed. So those are some things you can do in this life that you can actually release and get rid of it. So that would be what I would suggest at this moment. Can you simply say, I release all former vows of poverty, for example, uh, that I've ever made and am willing to accept positive abundance in my life today? Absolutely. I, I would make that. I actually, had, I actually had that in my family. And I made a decision that I was going to change it for my generation and future generations. And so um, I made very similar affirmation what you just said, and I put it in my desk drawer uh, or on my mirror, uh, in my on my calendar everywhere. So I read it every day. I put it in my prayer every night, and every day I worked on it just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And part of that was education for myself. Uh, education for my daughter. Um, I was actually the first person in my family to ever go to college um, and to get further to get further training. So being just conscious of it is part of it. The other part of it is being I call subconscious of it, and that is the part where you say this part of that past life is finished, it's done, it's complete, and I now change it. 
and you know, contracts are finished regarding that. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, affirmation is is perfect. It certainly has helped me. It has certainly helped me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to be poor. I don't have to think poor. Uh, and right. I too came from a poor family and was the first person to go to college. And you know, so uh, at some point, even back then. Uh, before I had the language for this, I, I knew that I had some control over my family history, and and certainly uh, that has that has helped. So so indeed. So you know, Dale, uh, um, I know that you have studied with Dolores Cannon and her method um, of doing past life regression work. Can you speak a little bit to to what? what you do and what that's like for you. Right. Well, when I do uh, past life regression, um, a lot of times a person will remember a life that has something to do with what they're dealing with today. So if if a person's dealing with, say, poverty, um, a life of poverty may come up. Um, And if that life comes up, then when we're finished with that life and I take that person to the last day of their life and the soul leaves the body and it goes on and on and we talk about that, then I would ask that person, do you mind if I speak to, say, Jane's higher self? And usually I get a yes. That's fine. And so I will say, can you tell me why you showed her this life today on, on poverty? I get the answer. And then I will say, Jane is finished with the life of poverty, and she is ready to move to a life of prosperity. So everything that's in the past remains in the past. It is healed. It's complete. It's done. It no longer is in her contract. We send it back. And are you ready for a life of prosperity? I would usually get a yes. And then I would complete the the affirmation to her and she would agree to it and when I bring her out of the hypnosis then usually at that time they're able to go on and start building a life of prosperity because they've wrapped up everything the subconscious knows where it's going it's not pulled back by any cellular memory from the past mm-hmm. and that has worked beautifully for for the clients that I've had, not only just for that, but a lot of for fears and phobias and illnesses and things like that. Once the subconscious mind knows that, oh, okay, we're doing this, you know, we're not in that life, we're in this life, and it's different, then it releases it and lets it go. Right. And that way you can start on a positive journey. Thank you. Sherry, thoughts from you? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, a good place to start for people is to explore the whole topic on uh, past lives because um, it, I mean, you could do hypnosis, you could do healing work, and I've done a little bit of past lives with people. Um, but, you know, look, let's not forget that we have guides as well. So if we just start from a place of believing that this is 
part of our experience um, that we're having, that we've had other lifetimes. And, you know, remember, we are still the same consciousness today as another lifetime. So we carry all our memory with us, all of our experiences, right? So um, if we start to believe that this is all true, then it puts you in a place of, uh, you know, really more control over your life. So, and then you go into the recognizing your thoughts and your beliefs. And, uh, you know, I always tell people to pay attention to how they're feeling, their body, pay attention to your mind chatter. You'll then recognize how your life matches your thoughts, right? Because everything we say, everything that we think is created somewhere. So it puts us in a place of, uh, you know, really more, more control. We, we end up realizing that, oh, my God, I can stop this from happening, this um, life of poverty. You know, if, if that's all I'm thinking about, that is what I am creating. Um, because I think every one of us will have glimpses uh, of, um, you know, our guides coming through to us saying, you know, trying to get us to stop thinking poverty. Um, now, let's say, I'm kind of bouncing all over here, but let's say um, I, I have a desire to sing, which I do. I would love to be a singer. I just love to sing. Do I sound good? No, not at all. <laughs> so I have recognized that about myself. I have this desire, but it's not in this lifetime for me to sing. So most likely I've had a lifetime where I had a beautiful voice and I sang for people. So it's just recognizing for me um, the visions that I get in my head, my own desires, and believing that they come from somewhere. They come from somewhere. And it, for me, I know it's my past experiences in my lifetimes. So, oh, I, feel, um, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it's quite amazing. When you start paying attention to your thoughts and the words that come into your head, how it will be proven to you that there is a purpose to everything that you hear. It, it is, it's actually been blowing my, my mind lately. I've been really practicing listening to what's coming. Okay, so... Little, little example, it's still on topic, but uh, this morning I'm sitting looking at my schedule for the week and I'm manifesting for the week and I hear a house clearing in my head. I said, oh, that would be, that would be great. I love doing house clearing. Within five minutes, my phone rang from somebody out of Rocky Hill and I just started cracking up because it was like, the more I pay attention, the more I know it's being proven to me. It could, could have been a fleeting thought, and I would just dismiss it. But it was, you know, everything, there's a purpose to everything that we're seeing, hearing, and feeling. So it, I, for me, it's, I love healing work. Of course, I do healing work and hypnosis, and it can be very powerful. And how wonderful to be able to see your own past life. You know, it's a way of getting to know yourself, Right. But I think that we need to remember that we all have more control and more say over our existence right now than we can ever imagine. 
And when we believe that, your guide, now let's say you want to do a clearing of a past life that you've made a vow for, you know, um, well, poverty, okay? When you recognize this or maybe, hey, maybe that's why this, what I'm experiencing here. Well, I want to make some changes. Go to your spirit guides. Go to them and say, look, I need your help. I want this changed. I want to break this vow that I have made. And they will make sure you do it. I get experiences where uh, I, you know that when you, right before you wake up in the morning, um, you're, you're like kind of half asleep and half awake, but if you move your toe, you're completely awake. Um, I had something that I wanted to change, and right at that very moment, right before I was fully awake, I had one of my guides standing next to me, could clearly see her, and there was this big, like, um, bubble, and I crushed it. I could hear it and everything. And it was like I broke something. I broke it. I, I finished it. It was done. So um, your guides are there to help you too with, with breaking these, these past life um, vows that we've made. And, um, you know, it, it is. It's, it's hugely important because it is, this is another lifetime. But if we become more aware of this lifetime, being more present, being more in the moment, we talk about that a lot. Um, we have access to so much help for us to do that. But we have to, I think we have to just, we have to be more present right now. Well, I, I agree know. with you. I, I would say this, though. You know, this is the time of year as we're approaching uh, Samhain. This is the time of year where um, folks think a lot about their past lives. Oh, mm-hmm. I was a witch in a past life. Oh, I was burning right. the stake in a past life. I, I yeah. hear that a lot, you know, and I think mm, statistically maybe, but probably probably what you're really remembering is some kind of oppression that, that your body is storing in, in some way and, and visualizing as well. Uh, but, but what I think is important about that is, is, is that whatever we may remember or uh, think of and a lot of a lot of things as you both have mentioned with cellular memory will trigger those um, past life recalls uh, certain places certain smells uh, will will bring those kinds of things to to light um, but I think what's important about that is that is that I think each of us has a need in this lifetime to be connected which is, of course, one of the reasons for this podcast and the name of this podcast, and that we need not only to be connected to each other, but to ourselves throughout the history of our lifetimes. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk more about history um, in a few minutes. But, but I think we, we have this need to, to have a sense of continuity of, of who we are, that... Um, that when we think of death, we think of also the idea of, of rebirth and, and how do we stay connected to ourselves, to our people we, uh, that we love, to places that we love. I, I can still remember, and I probably said this on this podcast before, I so remember standing on that cliff in Tintagel in Cornwall 
with tears streaming down my face because I had come home. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I had come home. And if you said to me today, Deb, here's money. Go live wherever you'd love to live. I'd move to to Tintagel tomorrow. Um, And I don't know a soul in Tintagel, but I would go, you know, uh, because I I think of it so much as being home. So, and I know that that comes from having lived there and, and some other lifetimes. So I think that that notion of connection is so important. And Dale, that brings me to the topic that you wanted to talk about in relationship to to past lives. So I'll turn it over to you for a bit. Right. Um, well, you mean as far as the children, you're talking yeah. talk about that? Well, that's one thing I just wanted to bring up because um, more and more I'm finding, and in talking to other people, I'm finding that um, we have a lot of children right now that are... Um, starting to really talk about their past lives. And this is something parents struggle with because they don't want their child to seem odd or disturbed or anything like that. But there are a lot of children now that have uh, remembered uh, having died in 9-11. And these are documented cases. If you want to go and research them online, you can. Um, But these children... um, a lot of times it starts with night terrors, it starts with nightmares, it starts with asking their parents to call them by another name. They don't like the name their parents have given them. Um, And so as it turns out, when they do research, um, they find that they actually had a living life. Some children can remember everything, uh, their families, their wives, their children, that they had... uh, when they were in that life uh, before 9-11. And many of them really remember what happened. And I thought that the important thing that for me that I came away with was, and people always want to know, did these people suffer? And the cases that I read and studied were that when they um, died either from jumping out a window or when a building collapsed or whatever, um, they described seeing their bodies, um, but they described having their souls having left their bodies before their bodies were actually, um, um, when their bodies, say, if they jumped out the window, before their body actually hit the concrete, their souls had left the body. And um, they talk about that kind of matter-of-factly. So... And we often wonder, do we have a lot of pain when things like that happen? And in hearing these children describe this, it, they never describe having any pain. So um, I thought that was very interesting, at least to me. But some of these children want to go back and they want to see and meet the families that they once had. Some of the families have met them. Some of them have chosen not to meet them because some of them have moved on and they're with other people now. But um, it's very interesting, and it appears that once these children go back and sort of say goodbye to that life, the night terrors go away, and they start to lose that memory. Um, 
around, say, five and six and seven years old. And then they just go on with life the way it is. Uh, it appears to me that these children have come to very, very loving and caring parents this time around, very understanding and supportive parents. So that made me feel great. But um, I think that, it, you know, sometimes when kids have night terrors, bad dreams, uh, maybe when they have a, a recurring dreams, uh, airplanes or anything like that, buildings, that it could be that they are too young for the, uh, they don't have the verbiage for it, but they are remembering a past life in some way. So um, just um, be aware that that more and more children are talking about this. So I, I find that very interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. And be, be aware, too, of, of birthmarks. Um, it's been documented that um, children sometimes come in with birthmarks in places where they had been wounded and, and died or maybe even scars or uh, they'll have illnesses. One child um, had kept having a skin rash on the same part of his wrist and as it turns out, in a former life, he had gotten injured there. And once they recognized it and acknowledged it, um, and the fear went away, so did the rash. So sometimes that even happens. That even happens. So yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's quite amazing. Yes. Yeah. I hope we're still recording. We we are recording. I hope we're recording. Uh, consistently here because I got kicked out of the chat room. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> we'll see what, we'll see what technology, happens. Technology, good old technology. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, well. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, Gail, I have a question. Um, one of the things that, that I have always been taught is that there needs to be some quote, time, earth time, between lives. And what you've just described are people who've come back very quickly, less than 20 years from the time they died to coming back to this time. That's a, that's a real short period of time. I know that um, I died in World War II, and I came back in the very early 1950s. Now I'm telling everybody how old I am. Uh, so I, too, had that really short period of time, and I have very vivid memories from my lifetime when I died in World War II. But I, I also hear the, from uh, a lot of researchers that that's pretty unusual to come back so quickly. Do you have thoughts about that, particularly in light of the 9-11 situation you're describing? Well, here, here are my thoughts, and it's not just mine, but thoughts of other people that do this kind of work, is that... A long time ago, um, there was karma, and so people would wait and come back and try to correct karma. Right now, because karma is, is being complete, uh, virtually for some people, I mean, there, most of us, there is no more karma. Um, and so coming back so quickly is a choice. It is a choice. And, and really, and I know um, Sherry's going to talk about this too, when we talk about parallel lives, what we're watching is 
a lot of lives happening at one time. It's like watching 12 TV. If you had 12 TVs in your room and you're watching 12 TVs, then you're watching that many lives at one time. And we've had so many more. So um, it's not unusual anymore for us to remember that many lives. So it's happening closer and closer because now we're, we're starting to awaken as a spirit and we're starting to be able to handle knowing. So it's, it's becoming closer and closer and closer. Um, I'm just seeing this more and more. Um, and we're able to handle the memory of it. And a lot of the memory of it is healing for us and other people. So that is what I choose to believe and what I'm what I see. Um, that and that is that's truth for me and for some other people. I agree with you. I I have a question for you. Would deja vu have anything to do with? Um, these the, the parallel lives, parallel dimensions, everything happening all at one time. Does it have yes. anything to do? It does. Okay. Yes, because uh, deja vu is just you're starting to, to get a glimpse into a, 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 the next dimension or another dimension. And I tell mm-hmm. people that if you just stay with it, just hang, if you walk into a restaurant, you think, oh, I've been here before. Stay with it if you can another, as long as you can to get more information. Some people mm-hmm. or our, our a natural instinct is go, ooh, you know, and kind of back off of it. But stay right. with it and you can get more information. But right now the veils between the dimensions are so thin that mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, and I know, Deb, we talked about this, where you'll be standing in your kitchen and you're virtually hearing someone talk and you're like, all right, who is this? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> what you're hearing really is, people talking in the next dimension. But don't forget, they're hearing us talk sometimes too, so they're getting all freaked out. But yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's past lives, parallel lives, and, and things like that. So I know when, mm-hmm. when you're talking about parallel lives and, I, and we were talking about jumping a timeline, it's like TV number 12 sees something and says, oh, I need to go, um, and I, need, I see something needs to be done in TV 4. So I'm going to put a consciousness there and make something happen. But children see they don't they got they don't have a filter. So it's like um, to them going and meeting the the spouse that they had. You know, was it two, six, how many years ago was it? Eleven. Okay, what seventeen years ago? If mm-hmm. a child says I want to go meet Martha that I was married to seventeen years ago in New York at this address. They just want to go. Right. Well, the spouse says, "Are you, you're, are you, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> right. I'm with somebody else now, I, and I don't want to. No, uh-uh. Some of them are more open-minded and said, "Okay, we can do this." But what do I tell my children? This little guy is their father, you know. Right. So they don't. Children don't have a filter, but you know. We get all freaked out about it, but it, it's very interesting now because things are happening wild and crazy, and this is where I love to be. Uh, you know, I think three of us love to be in the wild and crazy, or we wouldn't be here. You know, love it, <laughs> love it. I love being crazy. <laughs> I know. Let me let me uh, take a break real quick here. 
uh, like I say, I sure hope we're recording. I'm not sure that we are, gals. Uh, I'm trying to check to see. But um, if, in any case, uh, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, we are at the halfway mark, we hope, of this recording. Oh, God, the modern world of technology. And this is Quest for Connection podcast. I am Deb Bowen with my friend Sherry Purbeck and Dale Rutman as we are talking about past, past lives and parallel lives in this hour with you. You can find us if, on iTunes. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on Facebook. You can connect with us on my website. That's debbowen.com. And from there, you can link in with uh, information for Sherry's website and for uh, information on how to connect with Dale. So Sherry, tell them briefly how to connect with you, dear, and then Dale, you'll do the same, please. Okay. Well, you can go to my website, and that is themysticalfairy.com, or you can email me at uh, fairypurbeck at yahoo.com. That's F-A-I-R-Y-P-E-R-B-E-C-K. And um, I am open to doing phone readings for mediumship, speaking with the angels for you. And um, uh, email is probably the best way to, uh, to book an appointment. And, mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy my candles as well. You can go to my website and check out my 12... Archangel candles. They're they're uh, being sent all over the country. Actually, I'm very happy and proud of my candles, and um, people are really enjoying them. So you can go to the website and check them out. Thank you, Deb. Great. Thank you, Sherry. Great. Okay. And uh, Dale. Okay. You can reach me. The best way is email, and my email address is Dale Rut One at gmail.com. I have some openings for readings and I am going to be teaching some classes and you can get that information from me. So that's D-A-L-E-R-U-T-1 at gmail.com. Cool. Thank you. Wonderful. And I'm debbowen.com and uh, I've got some exciting things coming up uh, in the new year, I'm working on a, a, a brand new um, program and a, a way of us connecting in many different ways, and that will be uh, announced on our Facebook page and here on our podcast as all of that develops. So stay tuned for that. So, um, okay. So, Sherry, talk to us about parallel lives. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you, Deb, I've had some interesting readings um, in the last several months, um, learning uh, stuff that I, I didn't know existed, to be honest with you. I, I didn't even know this word, parallel dimensions. <laughs> I knew there was different dimensions, but um, I want to share an interesting reading that I've had recently. Uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend dies, and he is coming back, and not only is he communicating with me as the medium, he is also communicating with his girlfriend via the phone. Um, I kid you not. So, um, but here, here it goes. So the boyfriend shows me 
a lifetime in another dimension, and it appears to be quite physical. You know, because we talk a lot about um, this being the physical existence, and then when we die, we move on. It's not physical. But this dimension appears to be very physical Mm -hmm. to me. And he showed me um, his girlfriend in this existence. They're in a boat, and they are in Italy. Now, the girlfriend confirmed to me that uh, they had many conversations about him taking her to Italy mm-hmm. and buying a boat. So there, there was confirmation of what they are experiencing in this other lifetime. So, but what confused me was, oh, in the purpose why he has, is coming back to her for communication is she um, was in the process of starting a new relationship. And he came back with uh, urgency and wanted to stop her from pursuing that relationship because it would then affect that lifetime that he was showing me that he's having in this other dimension with her. That he, you know, he, he, he wasn't good for her. There was a lot of um, negatives about this new guy coming into her life and he wanted to stop her from pursuing that particular relationship but what confused me was I almost felt like it was from the future that he was coming back from the future but um, uh, Deb and I we were talking prior to the show and how that could be just the human in me my perception of this parallel existence Um, and also Uh, Another reading, um, the man showed me that he was, and that was also very physical to me, and he told me that God was allowing him to experience what he was experiencing, where he, what dimension he was at, because he had so, he had desires that were unfulfilled before he passed. He passed quite young. And so... God was allowing him to experience all that he wanted to and hadn't in this lifetime. Um, but that he would be moving on to a higher dimension. He, you know, what we would consider heaven. He would be going there. But he had such heart desires, he, they were unfulfilled. And, but he was, and, and that was also confirmed with his wife, you know, his desires. I and mean, there were some things that I was seeing that I was like, this is crazy. But once I told the wife, she said, oh, yeah, he would talk about that all the time. So, you know, there's, there's definite um, confirmation about these personalities, these spirits, you know, that are, that are coming back. So, um, I don't know, Dale, do you have um, experiences like that where you're seeing, you know, people that are, you're, you know, this woman is sitting right in front of me. And I'm seeing her in this boat in this other lifetime, even down to the kids in the other dimension. They, the, the, they were husband and wife then. There was two kids in the boat, but the, in the boat it was a boy and a girl. And that would have been the disruption, by the way. Had she had pursued this new relationship, her daughter, she has two daughters here now in this lifetime, it would have disrupted her relationship with these two daughters 
and he was concerned about that. He did not want any disruption with her daughters because those two daughters would then be or are in that parallel dimension, their kids. But a, right. but a boy, boy and a girl, you know, right. it would have disrupted that. He's real urgent. I mean, it was just amazing. Right. Just amazing to me to see. Yes, yes. Because um, when you think about it is, if, not, if there's no time and time is not linear, then there there are really parallel dimensions. We say past lives or future lives or something like that. But it it is really all, we just want to, we need to probably say all lives. And like I said, with the 12 TVs, you're watching 12 TVs or maybe it's 150 TVs. I'm not sure how many, you know, we've got past and future. But right. I, I call it jumping in a timeline because, you know, we, we, our consciousness right now is, is what we're doing right now and we're in this life. Not to say that right. when we go to bed tonight, we don't put our consciousness in a future life, what we, want, what we would call a future life. So mm-hmm. it happens all the time that, um, that people do jump a timeline and come back to a life and make a correction. It not only happens in people's personal life, it happens in government. With, really? With, with all planet beings also help us by coming back. I, I call it all planet beings, but it, it could be us in the future coming back to now and disarming right. some nuclear devices. I'll say it that way. Or right. it could be us in the future coming back and hopefully knocking our planet back on course so we don't wobble. But that that does happen. <clears throat> it has happened. And um, so, yes, yes. Um, corrections mm-hmm. are being done a lot, a lot. Um, wow. So okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, go ahead. As I'm listening to you all talk, mm-hmm. I'm trying very hard <laughs> to grasp to grasp this concept. You know, it's, it's not hard, it's, it's hard to it, grasp. It is, and even our language uh, doesn't facilitate the grasping of it. I mean, Dale, for example, you just said, "Well, it happens all the time." Well, now it there's does a phrase. There's a phrase that we use all the time, but mm-hmm. What do we mean by time? See, we don't. I, I don't have a language for not using. No, we time. don't. No, right. we so don't I don't know. I don't know what to use. I mean, I don't know what to use because me either. All I have is Earth language, and I, and it's it, not enough. <laughs> absolutely, it's very limiting. It it certainly is, and uh, and as you're talking about off-planet beings coming back, well, then there's that linear mindset again that that you don't really mean, and I know you don't mean it, but don't, we don't have a no. language not to mean it, right? I know, I know what right. you're saying. I, yeah. I know what you're saying. So, <laughs> so one of the things that we might uh, invite our listeners to do is to have a consciousness about their own views of time and, and linear thinking and a linear way of being in the world uh, because for me, when, when I think of past lives, it helps me to think of them in a linear fashion. A- and knowing right. that none of that is tr- 
true if I can accept the concept that all of all of this is all happening in the now, which sends me back to wanting to read Eckhart Tolle's book again, The Power of Now, which is a really oh. hard book for me to read. I love it. I I so buy into it in the moment, and, and then I can't stay with it. You know, that's just that's just me. I think it's it's so powerful. So. Um, So I, I'm thinking about uh, if we're on the eve of destruction as a planet, and I have to say that personally I believe we are. Uh, I, I am a firm believer in what is happening to Mother Earth and the destruction. And as we're talking, I keep seeing this vision of, um, and I know we've all seen this in the media, of the um, ice just crashing into the sea and melting in the Antarctica. That's the vision that's in front of my eyes as we're talking right now. Right. And so what I've just heard you say, if I've heard it correctly, is that there may be off-planet beings who could intervene in what's happening on Earth in a positive way. Am I hearing that correctly? That could happen and that has happened. So that's that's one thing. All right, so that's one thing. The other thing that has happened, that could happen, is that us, we from the future, since there is no future, but I'll use the word future, have been able to come back and make corrections and things that need to be made and so that we stay on the on a correct timeline for the involvement of spiritual growth i don't does that make any better sense if we yes. if we okay if we're watching 100 TVs play out at one time and one TV says for for my spiritual growth i'm going to blow up the planet we we can't allow everyone's spiritual growth to go, to go that way. So something has to happen, or that timeline will be destructive. So in our past life, future life, parallel lives, whatever we want to call it in Earth terms, someone, something has to happen. We have to jump a timeline back from the future and go to TV number 25, and make a correction. Either our future people have to do it or we have to call in help from an all-planet source, say. And that has to be corrected or we'll just blow up and then we got to start all over again from a cell of water or whatever, you know. So that timeline has to be corrected. And that's the big picture there. The small picture is what Sherry experienced is that if it does not create bad karma, if it does not devastate a person's life, if it does not push down and destroy their spirit, it is okay to come back to TV whatever number and make a change so that that person, those people can carry on with their spiritual growth. And Makes so sense to me. What, what you saw, Sherry, was 
someone that said it was urgent for that person to make that change. Right. So in 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 the scheme of say a pseudo time time form, they came back and made that change, and it was urgent. But yeah. on a soul level, on a spiritual level, that had to be agreed upon by all parties, or it would not have been able to have been done. I can't just right. say, I don't want Sherry to marry my ex-husband, and I go back and fix it, you know? Right. And you don't marry my ex-husband. Spiritual soul level, we have to agree on that. I so, agree with you on that. I right. So yeah. I don't know if that kind of ex- explains it all, but that's the best I can do with the brain and the words I got, you know. <laughs> I think you did a pretty good <laughs> job. It's limited, David. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just processing all of this, and you know, the bottom line is, we don't know, right? Everything is subjective. Absolutely, right. we we really don't know, uh, but I think that when something so resonates for us in a deep soul level as our own truth. Uh, about our own lives, that that I I take that as validation. I, I really Me do. Too. Me um, too. You know, folks. I many years ago. Gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now, Dale. Uh, I had a past life regression session with Dale, and I said to her as we were getting settled in and getting ready to start the session. And I'm laying, she's got me laying on a, on a sofa and I'm getting all comfortable and I'm barefooted because I'm always barefooted. And uh, I said, Dale, don't take me back to any of those nun lifetimes. I know I've been a nun many times. I don't want to go there. And Dale laughed at me, folks. And she said, Deb, we can't control where you're going to go. The point of this is that you need to go wherever you need to have to learn lessons. And so I said, Okay. And so the, she began the session, and I don't remember this because I was uh, out, kind of out but in an altered state, but Dale said that I started just wiggling my feet. And she asked me what was going on with my feet, and I said, shoes. And she said, what kind of shoes? And I said, none shoes. Dale, you remember this? And, <laughs> and, and I, I said, none shoes. And uh, I so disliked the feeling of my feet being so bound in those shoes. And I know that that's a part of the reason that I am always barefooted these days. I I mean, it is really hard to get me to put on a pair of shoes for any reason. I I have to struggle to make myself put on shoes. And I know that that comes from many lifetimes of being bound, not just and not just physically in terms of my feet being bound in those shoes, but also um, being subjugated to uh, rules and, and, and rigidity that does not work for me in, in this lifetime. And I've worked very hard to renounce that. But at least I know in this lifetime where some of that free spirit comes from, from uh, countering those those quote, past lives. But it's an interesting thing to think about that not only did I, um, have I been uh, a nun, for example, in past lives, but I still am in another parallel me. Yeah. And a grumpy one, too, probably. 
I probably with the, with the, with the shoes. <laughs> I probably am. You're probably right about that. And <laughs> but you know what? I I can't help but wonder: Is that a part of my um, search for spiritual connection in this lifetime? And and even even in this lifetime now. As, as a very small child, a friend of my mother's had a daughter who was a teenager when I was like five. And my mom and I went with mom's friend to take this gal to a Catholic boarding school. Uh, and when we got there, I was mesmerized. And these were, this the, the order that ran this school was a traditional order wearing a traditional the old traditional habits, and I loved those clothes. And I, at five years old, wanted to stay at this boarding school. And my sweet little Southern Presbyterian mama is going, no, wait, what? No, I don't know my child can't stay here. This is crazy talk. And I wanted to stay. I wanted wow. to stay. Yeah. Even well, at five. Probably- Probably by the time you were six, you would have been running that school, and you probably would have introduced some very interesting things. <laughs> either that, or, the, or either that, or I would have gotten in a lot of trouble for breaking a lot of rules, one or the other. But <laughs> you know, but but I I just think we can think about so many aspects of our lives, and if we have. Uh, the time to sit and contemplate or meditate on on the various aspects of our lives, we can find some kind of uh, connection to a past or parallel life that will give us some insight as to why and how we do the things we do in this lifetime, in this consciousness. Do you think? Yeah, right. always. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Which kind of brings me to wonder... You know, do we ever, are we ever, ever able to complete everything that we write in our contract? You know, are we in soul form, you know, we are so evolved and, and we, you know, we know all knowing in a way and then we write it in a contract and we have that amnesia, we get into a life and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, this is a whole lot of stuff and then, um, you know, and then we we set a time when we're going to go out of that life. So, do we really get a chance to do it all? And then we take a thread of it, maybe as a memory into another life or something like that. It just makes me wonder sometimes. You know, it, well, that we do, or maybe that is the thread of connection. Yeah, Dale. You know. I mean, wouldn't that be maybe the purpose of all these parallel lives? It could be. Because it, it absolutely could have, be. Yeah, because we do have so many desires. Right, that right. It how do we really fill, fulfill them in one lifetime? I mean, you know, it's, it's, we will, you know, succeed at one issue, and before you, we're even done with that one, we're on to, we have another thought. We have another emotion that we want to feel, experience. It just seems to be so much. I mean... You know, when I was reading the, the, the younger man who had passed and um, 
it was just amazing at the desires that he had that he wanted to experience. Just, I mean, mountain climbing was one of them. He's climbing a mountain. You know, um, it's like the littlest things, but the biggest at the same time, you know. Right. So right. that's the purpose of all these dimensions. Well, I guess maybe that, Sherry, that teaches us, what, what that teaches me is that um, anything that I want to do in life, maybe I should just go ahead and do it. Oh, you yeah, know, Instead sure. of saying to myself, oh, I'll wait till I get this age, or I'll wait till this happens or that happens. Maybe I right. should just, just start doing it. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I agree. That's what I learned from all these readings that I do. I mean, I... It, it will it helps to catapult you into your your desires. I mean, my heart just fills up. Um, right. You know, it's kind of not really off topic. It all goes together. But I can't even begin to tell you what I've been learning about manifesting, and I've been putting certain tools to use. And I'm I'm talking about literally manifesting within moments. It's like the more I, the more I learn of what, what there is, the more I believe, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is completely real. Uh, the more I, the, the, the power in the manifesting is right there. I mean, so, you know, for all you listeners out there, keep listening to this show and and you know our, our our stories that we're sharing, and because the more knowledge you gain, the more you you know that something's real. You know more than what we're just sitting here in the physical. We are we're we're pretty incredible, whoever we are, wherever we come from. But you can really live a very fulfilled, happy life. The more the more you learn, and and then you know then then there comes the how powerful we are, you know, what, what we can manifest. It's, it's mind-blowing. So um, I just think this is all great. I think this is a really good show and hope the listeners uh, uh, are as excited as I am. Maybe we need a show on manifesting. <laughs> exactly, Dale. I think, I think we do. And, and that's the perfect way to end our time together because we're, we're in the end of our hour here. Um, so, yes, I do believe we need a show on, on manifesting, and we will put that in the queue for sometime real soon for folks. Um, in the meantime, thank you both so very, very much for this conversation. You know, if it's made us think, and it certainly has all three of us, and we certainly hope it has for you all listening, uh, made us think, made us question, made us just wonder uh, about uh, the bigger picture of the world around us, then Quest for Connection is doing its job. And we are grateful to you for listening. Thank you both so much for being with me today. I certainly thank appreciate you. it. And, and I hope you, you have, thank you both. And I hope you have a great day. And to all of you listening, keep questing, and we'll be back with you. Take care, everybody. Stay connected. Take care.